Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral, simpler communications. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., uh, 99% of the time I tell you I'm doing good, doing great. After my Giants just suffered a horrendous terrible heartbreaking loss on Thursday night football I am not the highest energy right now but uh you know things like that as a sports fan they do happen certainly doesn't help that my Yankees lost today either but LJ we have a lot more to talk about than just uh that so I will I will say though as a commentary we're not you're not here for football commentary but I think it, 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 that was a brutal loss. Um, I agree. There's, there's no, there's no fan that could be pleased to see that a team make that many egregious mistakes and barely lose. But yeah, there's baseball. There is baseball. And why don't we get started with? Uh, we have a tie in the home run category now, as Salvi Perez has came out of nowhere to tie Vladdy Jr. at 45 home runs. Uh, LJ literally came out of nowhere. Yep. I, 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 well, I texted that to you earlier today. This is a scenario where I don't think anyone was really watching for it because from the all, well before the All-Star break, it was very clear that the home run race was between Vladdy Guerrero 
and Shohei Otani. And that's what it was. Shohei gets up to 44. He cools off. Vladdy gets up to 45. He hasn't done done much to add to that in the past couple of days, staying at 45. But here comes along Salvador Perez, and he's now tied it up. Brandon, this was shocking to me, not only because it wasn't fitting the narrative, which granted I should have been still checking the standings, but at the same time, it's not fitting the narrative. He really would be the last guy I expected to be in that situation because Brandon, let's get back to the home run derby back in July during the all-star weekend. Okay. I remember looking through the statistics mm-hmm. of that, trying to pick out and fill out the, the home run derby bracket with the exception of Trevor story, because Trevor story sucks. He had, I believe the fewest home runs or second fewest home runs or second worst power the statistics were abundantly against him. He was probably the worst hitter in that competition. So he took a huge leap and got so hot in this back half to get here. I think it's fantastic. And let's not forget what he did in the competition. He set the record for most home runs ever in a round by a catcher. He would have beat, I think, every other contestant except for the guy that he had to face in the first round, which was Pete Alonso, who, you know, I mean, he makes the home run derby look like, uh, you know, it's it's a backyard football game. Yeah. Uh, but just what a valuable piece for the Royals. How, like, LJ, I, I've, I'm starting to gain or to think that Kansas City is one of the smarter front offices in the league. I mean, the move to extend him is such a genius move, especially when you look at what they've done the last few years, 2018, 58 wins, 2019, 59 wins, uh, 2020, you know, they only, they go 26 and 34 this year. They're still not very good, but they're getting their prospect capital up. They just extended their best player on their team to be there, to be there when, all these top prospects like a Bobby Witt, once Brady Singer gets into form, you know, Jackson Kowar, these other guys that the Royals have. Now they have Salvi Perez to pitch to in, in the middle of the lineup. I mean, Kansas City, they always want to please the fans. They never will tell, they will never go full rebuild. And I completely support that, especially when a guy like Whit Merrifield, who has seemingly been on the trade market every year for how long LJ oh it's, it's been a while <laughs> it's who has been on the trade market longer him or Clint Frazier Clint Frazier hasn't even gotten to the market poor guy the only thing he's gotten to is the Twitter market yeah <laughs> very fair they won't uh, let him go they won't let him live and they won't let him die well should we, LJ, you, you did make a good point. Uh, we have not checked out the leaderboards in a couple months. <laughs> we haven't. I think that's a good, this is a good opportunity to look at that. But, Brandon, do you ever wonder what time it is? LJ, in order to attend 100% of my college classes, as I have so far, I need to know what time it is. Speaking of which, I've got an excellent story on that afterwards, but I've got a bigger story to talk about here today, and that is going to take us all the way back to ancient Greece. The ancient Greeks had a problem. They needed to figure out what time it is. 
they were able to, they decided to equip so many resources into creating the sundial in order to be able to accurately tell exactly what time things were, to be able to keep up with their engagements, to keep productivity in their day. And because of the hard work, sweat and tears and ingenuity that the Greeks put forth, we are here today with watches from LaTerrain.com. At LaTerrain.com, you can get fashionable and affordable watches with a 10% off promo code from MLB Daily. The promo code, of course, will also be MLB Daily. Brandon, this is a deal you can't pass up. You really can't. And uh, all the watches are sleek. Uh, they're very affordable. They're stylish. And uh, you, you use your code MLB Daily at checkout. You're getting 10% off. You're getting free shipping on any order over 50 bucks. I mean, check out La Terrain. There's really no reason not to. Uh, you know, they're great with us. And uh, yeah, so go and check them out. But LJ, shall we get into these leaderboards here? Because I'm finding some very interesting things just looking here. Oh, let's go. All right. So your batting average leader, LJ, would you like to take a guess? Oh, do you not, do you not want me to have it up? Oh, do you have them up? Uh, you can. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I, I just opened it up, so I can only see one. Okay, I'll just have you guess like this one then. Which one can you see? Can you see batting average or not? I can see batting average in Starling Marte, right? Okay, yeah, all right. Um, all right, so batting average Starling Marte at 321. Vladdy Jr. and Trey Turner behind at 317. Uh, Starling Marte is not eligible for the batting title because – he will not have enough plate appearances for a specific team this year to qualify for the batting title because That's he, ridiculous because he's played in two different leagues this year also. So basically what you're telling me is because he was he was so good he was good enough to get traded that he's now Ill, ineligible to receive awards. That would be correct. Well, just just a leaderboard awards. He can of course still get MVP yes, votes. No, that doesn't it's still it's just as wrong. It is. Uh, Starling Marte, like I said, three twenty one. Vladdy Trey Turner at three seventeen. Then a pair of Astros. Yuli Gurriel, Michael Brantley, both at three fifteen. Juan Soto and Bryce Harper are both having crazy years, especially on the batting average front compared to where we're used to seeing them. They're both at three fourteen. Uh, some other notable names over 300, Xander Bogarts, Nicky Lopez having himself a very fine year, Tim Anderson, Cedric Mullins, Teoscar Hernandez, LJ, Adam Frazier still over 300 somehow. Uh, he's figuring it out. And uh, can't forget Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker. But those are your guys over 300. Uh, home runs, just mentioned it. Vladdy and Salvador Perez. Uh, tied for 40 with 45 Otani is third with 44 Marcus Simeon and Tatis are tied for fourth with 39 LJ Adam Duvall is tied for sixth with Joey Gallo Matt Olson with 35 really yeah Adam Duvall is having a hell of a season uh, behind them is Rafael Devers, Aaron Judge, Brandon Lau with 34, uh, Max Muncy, Kyle Seeger uh, also with 34. But uh, there is 22 or 27 players with over 30 home runs right now. And there is 
another seven who have 29. Ryan Mountcastle has 29 home runs, LJ. Somebody has to put runs up for Baltimore. I mean, some of these names on here that have they're up there for home runs are crazy. I mean, Avasail Garcia with 27. <laughs> that's that's crazy to me. Uh, Patrick Wisdom up at 26. But enough with home runs. LJ, do you know who the RBI leader is? Um, okay. I am feeling semi-comfortable eliminating Raphael Devers. However, I know he's second. He's third. He's third now. Okay, yeah, because I knew, I knew he didn't have – he had a fine week, but he didn't have a great week since he got over 100. He is nine back of first. Yeah, he was like three back of first a week ago. So I'm not – I can't remember who was ahead of him at first to begin with, but I have to imagine – if it's nine back, somebody must have gotten really hot and gone nuts. I'm going to guess Marcus Simeon. Well, you're certainly right when you're saying the guy has gotten really hot. His name's Salvador Perez. He has 112. Oh. Uh, Jose Abreu with 109. Devers, Vladdy, Teoscar Hernandez with 103. Adam Duvall and Matt Olson at 101. Uh, there's 20 guys with over 90 RBIs. Uh, Jesus Aguilar with 93. Love to see that. LJ, Marcus Simeon's at 94, so he should easily get over 100. Uh, yes, yeah, Salvador Perez could be a potential 125 RBI guy. <laughs> that's, that's, some, that's some big numbers there. Uh, 2019, your leader was... Hey Tony Rendon with a hey Tony with 126 uh, his career year stolen bases Starling Marte is at 45 Whit Merrifield at 40 Trey Turner all the way back at 29 uh, Starling Marte has just been on a stolen bases tear as of late uh, I believe since the All Star break. He had he stole 10 bases in July. He stole 19 bases in August, which is ridiculous. 19 stolen bases in a calendar month is an insane pace. And he's only stolen three so far this September, but he's at 45. Uh, other notable stats real quick on offense. Uh, hits is Vladdy with 173. OPS, there's three guys over 1,000. That would be Tatis, Vladdy, and Harper. That's going third to first. Uh, doubles, Jamer Condelario leads with 40. Tommy Edmond is 39. J.D. Martinez, Marcus Simeon at 37. Triples, David Peralta with eight. Uh, hmm. Akil Badu with seven. He's doing just fine. Ozzy Albies, Jake Cronenworth, a few others with six. Walks, Juan Soto has an enormous margin over the rest of the league. It goes Juan Soto with 120, Joey Gallo with 106, Robbie Grossman with 88. That's disgusting. Uh, just He's left the field when it comes to walking. It's Juan Soto is just a different breed up there at the plate. 
strikeouts. Uh, Joey Gallo has also lapped the field, but he is 16 in front of Matt Chapman. He has 196. Uh, With that being said, Matt Chapman, can you just stop on him for a minute? Because can you pull up, because I'm trying not to look at it for the next time you sure. look at something. Um, can you pull up what his line is right now? Because this just feels yeah. like such a disappointing year for him still. I know it's gotten much, much better throughout the year. He started off, his first couple months were not good at all. But uh, after, after June, he kind of turned it around a, a little bit. But I'm curious to see what it's looking like now. All right. So I'm going to give you the good numbers first. I'm going to paint his season a different way. He's got 25 homers, 70 RBIs. Okay. And he's walked 70 times. So he's up there and walks too. Uh, the bad news. He's hitting 219. Oof. 318 on base percentage. Oof. 415 slugging, which gets him a 732 OPS. Now, the fielding is very good. So he does have value there, but we thought this guy was going to be like the next Arenado, and the bat is just not there. I mean, there was comparisons. Yeah, but this is just even for his mo this season feels so uncharacteristic agreed so i'm not sure what's going on there but i hope he figures it out i'm not sure arenado is a effective comp but it would be nice to see him get back to being a solid force with the bat if he can if he can do i think regardless of batting average you really need, if you're going to have that type, that prototypical third baseman, you're going to want him to be touching 30 homers a year. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. And that, I think, is the biggest goal of the group. I mean, striking out less, of course, is huge. But the 30 homers, I think, is what kind of needs to be focused there because that's, what, that's where you look, I think, for a lot of the top third basemen nowadays is – what are their power numbers looking like? Yeah. What's Marinato doing? What's well before this year? What's Vladdy Guerrero doing? What's Devers doing? What's Tony Rendon. Chris Bryant. Yeah. It's loaded. Captain Launch Angle. That's what he that's what he is. And it's it's a very the corner the corner infields are a very power loaded spot. If you're gonna get looked upon favorably there, it doesn't matter if you're a defensive wizard or not at third base, you're going to need a little bit of pop in that bat if you're going to get looked at among the top guys. It's not like shortstop where it's such a defensive challenge, such an immense defensive challenge that some guys are going to get a lot of attention because of their glove. It's not It's not nearly that same effect on at third as it is at short. I agree. Uh, one last batting step before I go through the pitching ones quick. Whit Merrifield, Marcus Simeon are tied for first in games played at 146. Vladdy Jr. and Salvador Perez are behind them at 145. All right, pitchers. Your ERA leader is Max Scherzer at 2.17. Corbin Burns at 2.25. Walker Bueller, 2.32. Brandon Woodruff at 255. And to round out the top five is Robbie Ray. Wabi Wabi Way. Wabi Way. 
at 2.64. Other notable names in the top 10, Garrett Cole, Kevin Gosman, Zach Wheeler, Marcus Stroman, Adam Wainwright. All right, wins. Julio Urias has 18, Adam Wainwright 16, Garrett Cole 15, Walker Bueller, Kevin Gosman, Max Scherzer, Kyle Hendricks 14. Uh, strikeouts, Wabi Way with 233, Zach Wheeler not far behind at 224, Garrett Cole or excuse me, Zach Wheeler, 225, Garrett Cole, 224. Scherzer is at 219. He still has an outside chance to get that as well. Uh, saves is our good guy, Mark Melanson, 37. Uh, Liam Hendricks, 34. Somehow, Kenley Jansen has 33. Uh, just, yeah, Aroldis Chapman is 27, way down there. Uh, Edwin Diaz has been good. Will Smith, Rysel Iglesias. Pretty much the same names. Uh, let's see, anything else here? Losses, Luis Castillo is 15, Patrick Corbin 14, Matt Harvey 14, Sandy Alcantara 13 losses with a 3.1 ERA. Jesus, that is brutal. Uh, earned runs and runs, Patrick Corbin. Hits allowed, Kyle Hendricks, Patrick Corbin not far behind. Home runs allowed. Jordan Lyles, Patrick Corbin in second, not far behind. Uh, I'm sensing a pattern here, LJ, <laughs> with Patrick Corbin. This is – can you imagine – honestly, what would have only made this better is if the Yankees had actually done what they really had to have done and signed him. Like, I can still say, even with how bad this is, like – they still should have signed him because it was such a clear and obvious need to push them from division contender to World Series, true World Series contender. Especially getting, heading into that 2019 season, absolutely. Getting that ace after you just watched the your division rival Red Sox win it with this incredible pitching staff with a true ace and having those extra contributors who've also – shown that at times they can look like a number one pitcher so pitching over the past two years really at that point had shown it was the blueprint is having those shutdown guys having those Chris Sale David Price Justin Verlander-esque guys in there and then all of a sudden you've got 2019 and Patrick Corbin's coming off of a great season looking like he could fit that exact description regardless of what he does this year it was still a blown opportunity for them to go out and get him because you, you have to assume they're still operating with the information they had. You got to go do it. And I think it would. Yeah, be but we got cold the next off season. So I don't blame them that much. You don't blame them that much, but at the same time, you did make it to the ALCS that year. And we lost to Garrett. And, and, and you lost to Garrett Cole. I'm not, this certainly isn't going to be one of our what if episodes. We can do that a lot more. I'd love to do that in the uh, off season, but I have to think he could have made a difference in that playoff run for them. And that was oh, certainly God. a weaker year. You're playing the nationals. You're probably not going to get that week, a national league opponent in the next couple years of this, this team with Garrett Cole. So that was probably a better opportunity 
a, a easier opportunity than what they're going to get in the future is my thought process. That Yankees national series, I would love to talk through or that Yankees Astros series with Corbin. Uh, but I'll do fielding real quick. Just one thing. The, the errors, errors title is no longer Fernando Tatis Jr.'s. Bo Bichette with 24, Rafael Errors with 21, continuing his streak of seasons with 20 or more errors. Uh, let me pull it up here. Since he came in the league in 2017, okay, so he had 14 in 2017, 24 in 2018, 22 in 2019, 14 in 57 games in 2020, and now he is at 21, giving him a career total of 95 errors in 518 games. Uh, look, I know that he's a fantastic hitter, but LJ, at some point, he needs to become the DH. He will. Look, I mean, honestly, first off, it's an interesting situation with him, kind of frustrating, because you can flat out, t- like, it's, it's, very, it's very clear and obvious exactly which plays he's not going to make. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And you can tell off the bat that it's going to be trouble. Yes, because because of his overall mentality. Part of it is the youthful overthinking of it, which I think was what killed him last year, was trying to put an emphasis on it really got way too much into his head. And with all the other stuff he had to deal with last year, it was not the time nor place for that. But he tries to do too much which you see at the plate, he is a very aggressive, headstrong player in every mode of the game. So it, it kind of is always going to be the way that it is with him. And he overall makes the, he makes the routine plays fine. The majority of the game-to-game type stuff is fine. But it's those, those, those challenge plays that he thinks he can get, but like no one would blame him if he just went. Like, especially some of the uh, ones where he tries tries to move too early on turning a double play, that type of stuff is like his MO for errors. As for the DH, it the team's kind of set up perfectly for him to become the DH of, in the next couple of years. JD Martinez's contract is going to be coming to an end if he doesn't take the player option this year It'll be in a, in a few years from now time. We then go ahead and look at all of the assets that are on this team. Xander Bogart certainly is not somebody that they can let walk away ever. You've got Marcelo Meyer you just took in the first round of the draft this year. Also an infielder, middle infielder, albeit. But third base could also be in play for Dever, for Bogarts if, you, if he was willing to move. I don't think you don't move him. What about uh, Tristan Cassius? That's where I'm about to go next. 
is you've got Bobby Dahlbeck who has reaffirmed the fact that he deserves to be a major league player in this back half of the season. Once he really got that um, fire lit under him by the extra competition, he, he's shown he's got a lot left in the tank and plays a much better third than he does first. You've got Tristan Cassius, who also came up as a third, uh, a corner infielder, a little playing a little more first than Dalvik did. So you have a lot of guys that are playing those corner infield positions. And then when you start to impact, consider the impact of Marcelo Meyer, whether you end up putting him at second, whether you put him at third, whatever that end up being, there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And the idea, the luxury of being able to get Rafi out of the field makes a lot of sense. And he's not somebody I would necessarily hate seeing in there from time to time. It's not like Nelson Cruz where you really don't want to see him play first, but like if you're the Rays, you kind of have to have him in the, in the lineup if you're playing a National League team. I, I wouldn't complain about having Rafael Devers at third base for a game if somebody was taking a rest day. Well, let's uh, move on. Yeah, I mean, like, well, no, there, there really wasn't a lot uh, to talk about today. We just, I want to touch on a few of the games. I mean, you can go, I mean, the, the way our show is set up now, this is all still pretty, pretty relevant information uh, a few days in advance. Uh, you know, we're just talking about the games, the overall landscape of the wild card race. Uh, the Padres win again. They beat the Giants seven to four. Uh, Kevin Gosman gets kind of roughed up tonight. Five innings, four earned. Uh, the Padres go with a bullpen game. Nabil Krismat, uh went four innings uh, as the bulk guy. And Padres, they got a Fernando Tatis home run early. They jumped out to a four nothing lead by the fifth inning, and it was just too much for the Giants to uh come back from and look the Padres are now opening up the door for the Dodgers to sneak in there the Dodgers are red hot uh big shocker and the Giants have now lost two in a row Dodgers are only a game back uh they start a series tomorrow in Cincinnati a huge series for both teams uh so we'll be keeping our eyes on that but yeah, LJ, any any thoughts on Padres Giants, especially now the Padres, because they won last night. I know the game was going on during our recording, but they did end up holding on and winning. Look, this team has the toughest schedule in the National League wildcard race right now. I know they've they've gotten hot. They've beaten one of the best teams in baseball multiple times this week. I don't think it changes much in my head. It just seems like a lot to overcome, especially with having two teams as close as they do with Cincinnati, Chicago, and St. Louis all neck and neck here. As for the Giants, I'm also – Brandon, I don't really feel that much that I should be concerned because they've just – they find a way. And it feels like they're going to find a way again this, this time around. They, there's still quite a bit of time. This is – this podcast is going out on September 17th, also the same day that we are technically recording this podcast. There is still plenty of time left to be played. If they drop two games to a really good Padres team, 
then so be it. They've got more games to pick up there, and it's not like the Dodgers don't lose. The Los Angeles Dodgers have lost 53 games this year. They'll certainly lose more between now and the end of the season. So this is absolutely still, I think, San Francisco's to lose. I don't think they're in any real – they're not in any pressure until they've actually lost the lead. And the Giants get the pleasure of playing at uh, in San Diego uh, to start next week, and then they wrap up their season in San Francisco against San Diego. So still a lot more great NL West action from those two teams. But, LJ, this Phillies-Cubs game today was hmm. – I mean, do you have the, the line score pulled up of the game? Just like – just like check out the line score where like it shows how much I, they. I, I viewed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically Phillies and Cubs uh, in the top of the third, the Cubs dropped seven runs on Philadelphia. LJ, that's pretty good. That's okay. It, Ian Happ, bases loaded, hit by pitch. Wilson Contreras comes through. Patty Wisdom comes through. Matt Duffy, three run homer. It's seven nothing. We're cruising. We got Kyle Hendricks on the mound. LJ's got the third most wins in the league. And then the bottom of the fourth hits. And the Phillies say, no, it's our turn to score seven runs. Andrew McCutcheon double, bases loaded walk to Matt Joyce, Oduble Herrera single, uh, and then JT Realmuto singles. It's seven to seven after the fourth but guess what in the fifth both teams get under their feet lj they say you know what whatever just happened the last two innings it's not going to happen anymore it's the fifth inning they pitch clean innings top six phillies get the outs and then from there the cubs had a bit of a rough time phillies dropped three in the bottom of the six thanks to a bryce harper uh double Didi Gregorius singles that scores two uh, in the bottom of the seventh. Oduble Herrera comes through with another double. Harper then three-run home run. Phillies go up 15 to eight. They go on to win 17 to eight. Harper three for four, four RBIs, two walks. He homers and doubles twice in this game. Uh, and... I mean, look, the Cubs don't have much to play for. The Phillies absolutely do. Uh, Phillies are certainly rooting for the Giants as uh, they need to catch San Diego. But, uh, I mean, good for the Phillies to stick it out. Down seven, they come back, and then they just pour it on. Uh, not much to say on the Cubs side other than uh, hopefully they get that figured out uh, in a couple years. Can we talk about the uh, pitching usage for Philly today? Because I am largely confounded by this. You don't like JD so, Hammer? No, no, no. It's not. It's not anything about the pitchers use. It's this wacky inverse opener that kind of happened. Bas essentially, no one got used in the early game more than an inning and a third. And then all of a sudden there were a bunch of innings left to be done. And so they bring in, uh, what is it? Luis Medina and Hector Neris to do two innings a piece at the very end. Like Brandon, correct oh, me. That would be 
Adonis Medina. Adonis Medina, my bad. Luis um, Medina, Yankees pitching prospect. What do you call it? Um, either way, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong. It's usually the other way around, right? Yeah, uh, you know, Joe Girardi this year. Joe Girardi this year has uh, done some strange things with the Phillies. When Ranger Suarez was like their setup guy for a little bit, uh, he started him one day and just had him go three innings. My someone who I worked with over the summer is a diehard Phillies fan. He watches all the games. He was giving me the inside scoop. They basically think that. Girardi just like literally tells the guy in the bullpen just like warm up someone random like just like get a lefty up get a righty up and whoever it is it's just like okay he's coming into the game now (laughs) but they literally just take it inning by inning like see here's the thing when you're a manager if you have a good starter you're basically just standing there watching them right Mm -hmm. when your starter gets in trouble you got to get the guys in the bullpen up. You got to figure out how long do I want the guy in the bullpen to be throwing for before he gets tired? Do I bring him in now? There's so much going through your head. And when you're literally taking it like out by out, which is what the Phillies seem to be doing, it just like seems like there's just a lot more stress for the manager just trying to figure all that out while also trying to manage your, your, your team on the field, not even in the bullpen. Well, with that being said, I think we can all point to the talent of the roster more so than the tactics with where the faults of Philadelphia's pitching is this year. Yeah. So I think as this team develops, we'll see if this is actually a sound strategy or not. All right. Well, let's talk about a little controversy uh, Before we get to controversy, do we want to touch the American League at all? At least acknowledge the fact that the Orioles have taken another game from the Yankees tonight. Brandon, I don't want to get, I'm not trying to get you riled up here, but it is quite a story as that pushes, that does push them out of the tie for the first wild card spot now. Yes, it does. Jordan Montgomery pitched a very nice game, five and two thirds, 12 strikeouts, one earned run. Uh, Clay Holmes ends up getting the blown save, uh, even though, yeah, he, he, he did blow it. Bringing him back out for a second inning was questionable, but it's whatever. Uh, we lose on the Manfred runner. Of course, stagnant offense and extra innings. Drop another game. We didn't sweep the Orioles. We kind of needed to do that. Uh, yeah, last 15 games are all must win. Uh, every game must be with a must win mentality from now on uh the rays also won again they beat the tigers the astros won uh oakland won which they're trying to get back in it now is they are only they're three games back of the yankees uh so uh, yeah they're still kind of out of it but that was all the american league today not oh and then the game that we're actually getting into now angels white Sox. uh lj not sure how much of this controversy you've seen uh, involving Shohei Otani and potentially and potentially intentionally getting hit by a pitch. I have not seen much of anything. Care to explain? So uh, I don't have the full story, but I believe yesterday 
or at least in this Angels White Sox series, two guys on the White Sox have been hit by pitches. Uh, did Otani pitch lately? Did he pitch yesterday? Uh, when is the last time he pitched? Because I don't know if it was Otani who hit someone or if it was somebody else. Because if, if, if he didn't hit anyone and then they intentionally, so basically, all right, no, he didn't, he, he didn't pitch unless he pitched on this date and they didn't even play. Okay, so Otani didn't even pitch the last few games against the White Sox. The White Sox get two hit by pitches in this series that at least they thought were intentional by the Angels. And they throw inside at Shohei Otani. Uh, and I don't think, or did it, yeah, it, so it does end up hitting him. It was, the, the, the pitcher was, okay, I clicked on his name and didn't even bring up a profile on MLB.com. So I don't know, whoever Wright Jr. is on the White Sox uh, is the guy who ends up hitting him. Joe Madden comes out after the game and says, he thinks it was very intentional uh, for them to hit Otani. He doesn't like that. Then we get a report after the game that Otani could potentially uh, not pitch for the rest of the season. Uh, he's apparently battling arm soreness. Uh, I mean, look, how, it, it, would, it would make sense if they shut him down, right, LJ? I mean, there's no reason yeah. to push it. Well, also – are we hundred percent sure that either of those two things correlate? I, I do not believe uh, he got hit in the arm. No. And the no. arms, I believe the arm soreness, it says Otani came away with a sore arm after a game of catch on Wednesday. Okay. So honestly, I'm surprised they haven't done it already. There's no reason for him to still be pitching. Even from an award standpoint, from his glory standpoint, these extra innings he's getting in late September aren't changing whether or not he wins this MVP. He has already won the MVP as far as I'm concerned. So I don't think it, it has been necessary for him to pitch over the past week or so even. They should have already shut him down before this. So hopefully that is the case. But no, I think I'm correct in saying he would have pitched two days ago. I'm looking at this right. Yes, I just checked, and because that would make sense because Wednesday was uh, two days ago, and wait, but he was playing catch Wednesday. That also yes, and that's when he got, and that's when he was feeling sore. Okay, gotcha. So he, he was hitting. He was hitting with this sore arm uh, okay. today, and then he got intentional, or what they think was intentionally hit. Uh, my head spin. All I know is all I know is Alex Cobb is taking his next start. Interesting. Legend. Because he, he, right. he was added back from the 10-day uh, IL yesterday, and it seems like that would be the best spot for him to fit in. So, anyway, Brandon. Uh, just a couple more topics. We're doing pretty good on time. Uh, LJ, Seattle will host a 2023 All-Star game. It's cool. I like it. I've never been to Seattle. Not sure if it's that much of a destination, but look, it's sure it's a fine time. I don't have many positive memories from that stadium, admittedly. But um, 
Yeah. Good for them. Uh, Seattle has hosted the All-Star Game twice uh, at the Kingdome in 1979 and uh, Safeco Field, now called T-Mobile Park, in 2001. Uh, the, the 2001 season was the year the Mariners won 116 games in the regular season before crashing and burning to the New York Yankees in the playoffs uh, to ruin one of, or actually the greatest MLB regular season performance by any team in history. Uh, really suggest you look into that team if anyone hasn't. Uh, so maybe 2023 is the year the Mariners put it all together and they win 117 games, LJ. Yeah. That'll work. Jared Kleenex, 12 and a half war. Julio Rodriguez, 10 war. Logan Gilbert, Cy Young Award winner. I mean, there you go. I'm just expecting Jared Kleenex to be Mike Trout is all. Yeah, that's quite a bold assumption that he's going to actually step up here. Uh, he's young. He'll figure it out. Maybe. Kleenex, get your stuff together. All right. Well, our favorite topic is next, especially because we have no relation to this team. Uh, so, LJ, we have some more news within the Mets front office situation. Have you seen anything about this? Brandon, I've been kind of swamped today, so no. Got it. Well, LJ, apparently the speculated candidates for the GM slash president of baseball operations spot, would you like to hear who some of these speculated candidates are? Is one of them Steve Cohen? Can no. one of them be Steve Cohen? No. Uh, however, maybe you just gave him something new to tweet about. Uh, all right. Theo Epstein, LJ. Is no, way he takes it. no way in hell he takes that job. Cohen said that he would be open to considering uh, Epstein. However, Epstein is reportedly said that he would want an, a some sort of ownership in the team should he take the job? Well, here's here. Uh, you're cutting out. You cut out. All right. Well, until we get LJ back, uh, I will continue this. Story. Uh, LJ, we 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 lost you, buddy. You were walking. We. Yep. Sorry, I had to get out of the way of something. You're good. You're back now. I'm not back. I'm gone again. Um, a lot of the reason that he went and left Chicago, the, did his quote unquote, re whatever retirement or whatever he's calling this right now from being in a front office situation was because of the way that the ownership had decided to do the whole cut, cutting costs, destroying the team in Chicago thing. What makes Steve Cohen think that he is God's gift to the earth and so desirable for a guy like Theo Epstein who's established himself. Like, I'm sorry, it isn't an open to consideration for you. It is a will he take you? Because you say yes if he take if he's willing to take you, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh absolutely. And 
this article goes on to mention that they believe the reason why we saw uh, Jerry DePoto of Seattle get uh, extended, Eric Neander get promoted and extended, the Kansas City GM Dayton Moore got promoted to president of baseball operations. They think that those teams made those moves in almost like a way to show these guys are off the market. Like they're not negotiating with anyone for a front office job. Uh, and I mean, this article says that there's going to be presumably a lot more of those moves. I mean, it, it's in an organization's best interest to probably keep around people. But I mean, also it's like, I don't know, the baseball and just sports front offices and coaching staffs in general Everyone is so replaceable that when you get someone as special as Theo Epstein or an Eric Neander, whoever, Andrew Friedman, those are the guys that, that you're going to keep around and, and extend for a while. Everyone else, like 75% of the front office staff is roughly the same thing. There's a few very, very bright minds. Other than that, I'd say everyone else is somewhat similar especially with with the way that the league is looked at now through stats and everything it's just all it's a lot of computer stuff now just a lot of computer science guys who write their own like calculations and stuff that's how i see it yeah all right well uh we can call it there thank you all for listening uh check us out instagram twitter tiktok at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, yeah, we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.